Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul yeah. Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go Yeah The bill will be a rockin' And Bosco's wonder talking Purple love Purple love Bosco's boy Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love And just a hunk of hunk of purple love Oh, just a hunk of Bosco's boy Boom, the boys are back, and man, am I glad that I waited to record this uh, episode, this Q&A episode, because we got uh, some pretty big breaking news. Coach Jerome Tang of your Kansas State Wildcats, well, they just ripped up his old contract and gave him a brand new contract. Not an extension, a brand new contract. A seven-year deal that currently will keep Jerome Tang at K-State through the 2029-2030 basketball season. This takes place of the six-year deal he signed last spring. And boy, am I happy to have that wrapped up. Now, there was no world in which this wasn't going to get done uh, we, we talked to Gene Taylor about it. it. It was pretty well known that, hey, the baseline of this contract was agreed upon back in the summer. There was some stuff going back and forth between the two sides. Lawyers, look, I'm pumped. Uh, Jerome Tang's going to see his base salary this year go up to $3 million. Every single year, he will receive a 
$100,000 raise. His final year in his contract will be a $3.6 million uh, contract. And then there will be four retention bonuses good for $200,000. So at the end of the 23-24, the 24-25, 26-27, and 26 uh, 25-26 and 26-27 uh, contracts. That is a extra $200,000. We don't have any buyout uh, information. We don't have any fun incentive information. I'm sure there's going to be incentives in that contract. But it, for all intents and purposes, you know, uh, again, he's not getting fired uh, anytime this year. It's $3.2 million this year. Uh, 3.3. So basically, you know, that 3 million that I said, Hey, the starting one is 3 million. No, it's, it's, it really starts at, uh, 3.2 because that $200,000 is coming every single season through 2027, which tells me, Hey, as long as things are going well, as long as things, uh, are, are happy in Manhattan, that's when the contract will get redone once again. Ultimately, uh, absolutely massive. I, I would imagine that uh, the assistant coaches will be seeing their contracts redone here soon. But ultimately, uh, I'm pumped, guys. I, I am a massive Drone Tank fan. I love. I mean, it, it was one year completely, completely revitalized the basketball program again. Uh, it goes dormant uh, the final three years of the Bruce Weber era. You bring in probably the only guy who could energize the fan base uh, as quickly as he did. I mean, I, I mean, I, no, I, I really do. I really do think Jerome Tang was the only guy who could turn things around, not only from the fan base but on the court so quickly. I know some folks nationally, maybe even some folks in the K State world, are going to say, "Hey, that's a pretty big." Uh, contract extension that's a pretty big increase again we're going to have to see the buyout information for if he were to leave or if k-state were to fire him but uh, i think a lot of folks kind of say all right hey you know one year is a little quick to do a new contract look i don't see any world in which jerome tang is not going to keep the train rolling uh are we going to go to the Elite Eight and be in the Big 12 championship hunt all the way to the final you know, uh, two weeks of the season this year? Uh, I mean, probably not. I mean, if, if you want to be honest, no, that's going to be really tough. That is going to be really tough. Uh, but this is going to be an NCAA tournament team, no doubt. And again, the pieces are in place. You have enough top-end talent that, hey, I was completely wrong last year. I said, hey, Keontae Johnson, he's in. Hey, this is a tournament team right side of the bubble come Selection Sunday. Uh, I completely undershot this team, so they very well could prove me wrong again and win the Big 12 title, go to the Final Four. Jerome Tang and this coaching staff, which I believe, and Jerome Tang has said it, and I think he's right, if it is not the best coaching staff in the country, uh, it's damn well one of the best. Because, again, you have a guy like Jareem Dowling. You have Rodney Perry, who is just a savant drawing up inbounds plays in the offense. And then you have Yurik Malagy, uh, who's a guy who's going to be a big-time Power 5 head coach in the future, let alone the guys like Marco Bourne, like Austin Karp, like the strength and conditioning uh, staff. This team, Anthony Winchester, who, who you know, I all these guys, 
uh, you know, down to Bailey Batchum, you know, working, uh, you know, being the director of basketball operations. This staff is loaded. Jerome Tang is the man for the job. And I think very similar to what we said when Chris Kleiman got his extension, I think that Jerome Tang is going to be a wildcat for life. I, I think that Jerome Tang is going to see this program through his coaching career, and I think he's going to take us to the promised land. I think Jerome Tang is going to be the man to bring a Final Four back to Manhattan. I believe Jerome Tang will be the man who wins a national championship at K-State. I truly believe that with my whole heart, and I'm pumped. I, I'm, I'm over the moon for this extension, and again, we all knew it, it was happening. I don't think anyone dialed in in the K-State sports world didn't think this contract was going to come. Uh, and I keep saying extension, but new contract. Um, I, I don't think anyone uh, is surprised. Uh, w- when the buyout information comes out, don't be surprised if there's similar stuff uh, that we saw with Chris Kleiman where, hey, the buyout drops dramatically if Gene Taylor isn't around, maybe President Linton as well. Uh, but I that that's fine by me. I, I think Gene Taylor is going to be here uh, for the, for the remainder of his career, uh, and, and I think K State athletics, especially in the big two sports, the two revenue sports, are set up for success, sustained su- success for the long haul in this new version of the Big Twelve. And quite frankly, I think either of those coaches uh, could, could take K State to highs and win a lot of games, no matter what the conference demographics are. Uh, you know, football it's going through a change. Uh, Chris Kleiman, I, I think, can be a big dog. Basketball is only getting tougher, and I think Jerome Tang is going to be battling with Bill Self, with Calvin Sampson, with Scott Drew to be at the top of this conference uh, for as long as those other coaches are here, and definitely as long as Jerome Tang is here. It is a great day to be a Wildcat. It is a great future for the future of the basketball program. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm glad I held off recording this episode until that news dropped. Now, if only we could get Jerome Tang on the show, uh, but he's a busy guy. Uh, so, you know, if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, no worries, Jerome. We're going to be there. Uh, and, and, hey, before you know it, I will be on site. I'll be at that USC game out in Las Vegas. I can't wait for it. Uh, basketball season is going to be here pretty soon. Um, we're going to be pulling double duty, and I can't wait for it. Uh, also, no surprise, DJ Giddens wins the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, again, no surprise. We don't have to do a coup. We don't have to lead a coup to overthrow the uh, Big 12, which I'm happy about it. I was prepared to do it. I'm, I don't have to, luckily. Uh, but I was prepared to do it if they didn't give DJ that, uh, that award. Uh, but I'm pumped. I think he joins. Let me see if I can find the tweet from uh, Clint, aka K State, the K State fan. All right. So in the Chris Kleiman era on offense, Skylar Thompson, Adrian Martinez, Will Howard, and now DJ Giddens have won Big 12 Player of the Week. Kind of wild. Deuce Vaughn never won Big 12 Player of the Week. Uh, defense in the uh, Chris Kleiman era, Denzel Goolsby, Jerome McPherson, uh, A.J. Parker, Felix Amy, D.K. Uzama, Khalid Duke, Josh Hayes, and Brendan Mott all have won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. And then special teams, Malik Knowles, Josh Youngblood twice, Philip Brooks twice, and Ty Zentner all have won Player of the Week honors in the 
Chris Kleiman era. So I'm very happy for DJ. He deserves that honor. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I, I, I'm just glad I'm not going to have to lead an uprising against, uh, you know, Brett Yormark. Now I'm only going to have to do that if they add Gonzaga as a basketball-only team. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, uh, let's get into it. Uh, we got uh, we got a handful of questions, and this is going to be a lot more fun than last week. Uh, before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Charlie Hustle. We just gave away the shirt for September, but guess what? We're going to do another one in October. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about the K-State stuff. You guys have heard me plug the Arrowhead collection as well. They also have, again, if you have love for Kansas City in your heart, they have that iconic KC Hart shirt. You've seen it on Eric Stone Street. You've seen it on Paul Rudd. You've seen it on all sorts of celebrities from the region. And that's because it's just an elite design. They have all sorts of different colors. They have different shirts that benefit different charities in the region. Check out Charlie Hustle today. They've been rocking with us for over a year at this point. Uh, on again, off again. But they've been with us all sports season. They're going to be with us all the way through the end of basketball season. Uh, they're the best. They, they are a company that's, hey, they're trying to make cool gear for folks who live in this region. They care about uh, teams inside the Big 12. They care about K-State. Again, no shade to any other company, but they have a vested interest in this region and in the Wildcats. So check out charliehustle.com, Vintage Made Fresh. Hey, it's a bye week. Get a little refresh for your wardrobe as we are moving into October. At least closer to October. I mean, I guess Sunday, it's October. We're less than a week away from October. Spooky season. The spooky intro will be coming back. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into them. Again, this is going to be a lot more fun than the uh, last week. Uh, so let's get into it. The first one from Old Man Rogers, who is all over the place. This guy... I mean, I think he's in Singapore right now. I mean, this guy's an international cat, so shout out to Old Man Rogers. Uh, what is the number one thing on offense and defense that they need to work on in the bye week? Uh, we'll start with defense because I harped on it quite a bit uh, in the game review, and I, I talked a lot about in the game preview as well. It comes down to eye discipline. I don't know how you work on that. I, I mean, I don't know how you drill – uh, I discipline. I'm not a. I am not a football coach. I'm. I'm. I'm just a guy with a podcast. But I think that's ultimately where it needs to come. Uh, the, the the biggest thing they need to work on: cornerbacks uh, and safeties with uh, eye discipline. Look, <laughs> trick plays are trick plays for a reason. They are testing your discipline. They're testing uh, where you have your eyes. It is tough. I get it. They play so aggressive. You have to balance that out. And yeah, you're going to get beat on some of those. But if you just trust what you see and, and just and just kind of react a little bit better, react a little bit quicker, I think that 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 changes the entire that that changes the entire perspective on the defense. Once they can lock in, once they can find that discipline, 
and uh, you know not you know be you know getting bombed over the top on play action, uh, you know not falling for some of these trick plays on defense. Uh, this this defense is going to be at that level that we expect them to. So that that's the number one thing for the defense. For the offense, I mean, truly, I I, I think where I'm currently at because I'm I'm very bullish on how the offensive line is going to be the final eight games of the year after seeing how they performed versus uh, UCF. I mean, again, I, I would like to see Christian Duffy get to the point where, hey, he's able to t- take 80% of the snaps. I think I'm to the point where I, I want to go with Taylor Portier over Hadley Panzer, but I'm open to hearing folks uh, disagree with me on that one. Uh, I, I think I'm really kind of at the wide receivers. I, I think getting uh, separation, getting open, and kind of working through uh, you know the, the route tree progressions. I, I think that's ultimately where I am uh, with them. Again, uh, you know, I, I understand. I talked about it a lot. You know, last episode. If, if you haven't listened, go back and uh, give it a go. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not jumping off any Will Howard uh, bandwagons. You know, I, I, I think that the overcorrection by some is, is a bit much. Again, I, I owned up to it. I, I was part of the reason. I, I, I helped perpetuate some of these super high expectations for Will Howard. I'm I'm not going to say I wasn't. You know, I was asking people in the offseason, "Hey, could this could, could Will Howard be a guy who gets into Heisman contention? Is he should he be the guy people are looking at to be the first team All Big Twelve quarterback? Can he get some All American honors? I get it. I I was part of that, but 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 I think if we recalibrate and say, all right, Will Howard is a right side of the bell curve K State quarterback. I think it comes down to then, okay, we need the wide receivers. We need, whether it's Keegan Johnson, who I think it needs to be, or if, you know, uh, you know one of the young guys takes a massive step, or maybe you're looking at Jaden Jackson to even progress even more over the next two weeks. We need someone to truly be an alpha wide receiver, that number one wide receiver versus, versus having a team full of, you know, wide receiver threes and fours. Uh, so that's, that's what I would say uh, they need to work on uh, during the bye week. But again... I'm not a coach. I have no idea how you work on any of those things. Um, how does Giddens' performance stack up to you in K-State history outside of just the statistical performance? So, uh, you know, hey, that, that's like a top 10 statistical type of game. But for me, I think it is, I, I, I think it is you know, an all-time type game because, all right, first off, it's first a conference opponent coming off of a loss. So the fan base is reeling a little bit. Uh, folks are getting a little hesitant um, after that loss. It's versus a conference team. It isn't versus an FCS or a G5 team. You know, people can get their jokes off about UCF, but again, I think they're going to be an eight or nine win team when it's all said and done this season. Um, so, so you do it versus a decent opponent. You do it at home, which adds to it. Hey, you, you do it in front of the home fans. And money, that has to be one of, if not the number one individual performances I've witnessed by a K-State football player of all time. Um, and again, I'm, I might be missing some stuff. And, and look, Jake Waters and Tyler Lockett combined for some great performances. Uh, Colin Klein had some massive performances uh, you know, pounding in multiple touchdowns. Deuce Vaughn had plenty of big time performances, but when you look into everything, and then also kind of doing it in the shadow of Deuce Vaughn, back to back consensus All American, a guy who's going to go up in the Ring of Honor, all the questions about, hey, 
what's K-State going to do at running back? I think that all kind of plays into, you know, it, it, I'm probably prisoner of the moment right now, but I, I think that might be the best individual performance uh, even beyond just kind of where it ranks in the record books. Next, uh, from Logan Pelton 2, can we put together a bonehead caravan for the OSU game? Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I'm going back and forth whether or not I'm going to go to that one. Uh, I, I think it'll be a you know Friday night. Uh, Oklahoma State's reeling a little bit. They're trying to do a blackout. I would imagine, uh, especially once you get c- closer to kickoff, there's going to be plenty of folks who are trying to dump tickets. Uh, I'm not going to commit to going to the game, so I can't. I I cannot be. Uh, I can't. I cannot be a, a a leader. I can't. I can't try to organize a caravan or anything like that. But I will. Will say that if if you're on the fence about going to the game, because Oklahoma State is reeling a little bit because uh, it is a Friday night game. Here's my recommendation for you: get get to downtown Stillwater, the bars, um, you know, post up at one of the eateries, place in downtown. They have a shuttle bus that'll take you to the game. So just kind of enjoy some of the vibes in downtown Stillwater, uh, and then buy a ticket, you know, day of, because I think there's going to be plenty that make it to the market, and I think they're going to be relatively cheap. So if I go, that's the way I'm going to do it. Um, it, but if I don't go, I tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be watching the game from the comfort of my house, me and Chauncey drinking some Manhattan Brewing Company beers. Just some absolutely delicious. Uh, I think I said it you know, three or four times during the uh, game review pod, but I was there before the game. I was there with uh, you know Grant, Grant KSU, uh, co-founder and former co-host, of Bosco's boys and, and it was the perfect thing. Nothing goes with football like a towny wheat, like a pumpkin batch, championship run, tasty IPA. I could list them on and on. I could go on and on. But truly they are an elite brewery, an elite spot. Look, if you're not going down there and you live in Manhattan, that's probably where I'd want to watch the game. Um so whether or not I'm there uh, down in Stillwater. If I'm not, I'm going to. I'm taking the day off work regardless. Uh, use your PTO. Don't give that back uh, to your company. Uh, so if I'm not driving out to Stillwater, I'm going to be driving to Manhattan. I'm going to get a couple crowlers. I'm going to you know stock up four packs uh, because you know what? I don't want to completely buy out every single liquor store in. Uh, in, in Johnson County. Plus, if I don't go, I might there might be a fun show coming up that I want to record in person, and that Friday might be the best time to do it. In Stay tuned for that. There's a little bit of a tease. But, uh, yeah, if you go, I would say post up in downtown Stillwater. Uh, wait until the afternoon. Buy your ticket on SeatGeek. Uh, not a sponsor, but they could be if they want to. And then take the shuttle from downtown Stillwater up to the stadium. Or, you know, Uber out there and and enjoy some tailgating. So I'm not going to organize it. But if Boneheads do, let me know. Let me know. I might sponsor sponsor a couple cases of Manhattan Brewing Company beer for a tailgate. Or uh, at least help unite the Boneheads, even if I'm not going. All right, next one from Jack Palmer. 
KansasSnot.com. Uh, always a great question asker. How long until I tire of calling them Central Florida? I don't know. I, I think it's a funny little thing. Again, uh, you know, when I went on a couple UCF shows, I, I, I was polite. I, I called them UCF, and I didn't call them the Golden Knights. But they do get frustrated with it. It is pretty funny. I do get a kick out of it. Um, and it'll probably be something I badger them as long as I'm in the uh, podcasting space, the Twitter space, all that type of stuff. Uh, if I ever retire from the show and do what I say, because, uh, you know, when the show ends, I, I'm going to retire the Scott Wildcat Twitter account. Uh, move off into a much more private internet uh, existence. Um, you know that there is. I already, I already have that uh, Twitter account ready. It's locked, um, and I, and I will not be a public persona on Twitter anymore. But uh, until that day comes, I'm always going going to call them Central Florida and the Golden Knights and all that type of stuff because that's just kind of who I am. I like to badger them. Um, old man Rogers asks level of surprise for zero playing time for Avery overall thoughts on the matter. Um, I was very surprised in the moment again. Um, basically all the smoke signals, the stuff that, uh, you know, if you talk to anyone around veneer, you talk to people around Manhattan, honestly on Sunday and Monday, it was kind of sounding like, okay, you know, man, might be Avery Johnson, you know, he, he might actually play the entire, like, he might start, he might be the guy. A little bit later on Monday, you start hearing, okay, you know, uh, Will's going to give it a go. You know, Avery's going to play some, but Will's going to give it a go. I know a lot of folks, myself included, kind of uh, went into full kind of crazy mode after Chris Kleiman's press conference. Um, but really all the whispers were, okay, Will's going to start, Avery's going to play. Um, by the time we got to game day, I was like, yeah, Will's going to go. Uh, we're going to see a handful of plays for Avery Johnson. Uh, so I, yes, I, I'm surprised. I'm not like over the moon. I'm not like mind blown, you know, explosions and all that type of stuff. No, uh, because I think the offense was playing well. I think, are they still going to flirt with the idea of trying to redshirt Avery? I doubt it. I doubt it. But, uh. You know, things were rolling. Things were rolling with DJ. So, again, even reflecting, I'm a little surprised. So, like, on a scale 1 to 10, I'm like a 2 or 3. Um, but, you know, I, I'm i not bothered by it. I think we will see Avery. I, I think we're going to see – we're going to have, like, one game where I think Avery does have to, you know, kind of step up and, and play some big snaps for us because uh, that's just how life is in college football. That's just how things go. Um and I'll be excited for it. But again, Avery's going to be the guy. Avery's going to be an all-Big 12 type of guy. I, I firmly believe that. But it's still Will Howard's team. And I, I, I want to keep, you know, I, I want to keep seeing what Will can do. Uh, we got Kate next. Is Central Florida better than Mizzou? Oh, man. I think on a neutral field, I think I think it's like close to a pick em. I I think both teams... Look, I think Gus Malzahn's a better head coach than Eli Drinkwitz. I think Missouri has the better roster. Actually, I know that. I, 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 I'm very confident that Missouri has the better roster. They have more, I mean, heck, UCF puts a lot of dudes in the NFL. So I think both of them have future NFL-type guys. I think Gus Malzahn is the better uh, head coach. Missouri knows how to, like, they have players that have been through a Power 5 conference grind, 
Um, so I, I think on a neutral field, I'd probably lean towards Missouri being a little bit better. Um, at least talent-wise. Uh, I mean, look, I think that would be a good game. I would love to see that in a bowl game. Um, you know, if that's the Liberty Bowl this year, I, I would love to see it. That's a matchup I'd love to see. I think they're pretty comparable type teams, uh, which I think kind of makes it a little bit just as kind of frustrating that you do drop that Missouri game, but I, I'm moving on past that. I'm not going to spiral again. Uh, College F-Ball 199, maybe one of the most consistent question askers that we got, so shout out to him. Uh, what needs to change uh, for the defense to stop the big explosive plays? As it stands, this defense will not get us to Arlington. The good news is the bye week came at a great time to patch up any huge issues. Look, we gave up big plays uh, last year. That's kind of been a staple of the uh, Chris Kleiman defense. You know, it's kind of the opposite of the bend but don't break Bill Snyder defenses. Um, Chris Kleiman, Joe Klanderman, they're going to send big blitzes. They're going to take some risks in coverage. They're trying to go for big plays. Uh, they're trying to get three and outs. They're, they're not going to be giving up, you know, 25, 30 yards every drive and let you cross midfield before they really start trying to play defense. Um, so it's just going to happen. I would imagine this is something that's going to kind of, I, I don't want to go as far as saying haunt us, but I think it's going to be something that is going to be ever present in the Chris Kleiman era. And I think that's okay. Now, to get better, to give up a little less, I, I touched on. I, I think it comes down to uh, a little bit of you know uh, eye discipline, and then also just kind of playing more. Again, this is Jacob Parrish's first year uh, getting a lot of snaps as a starter. Um, this is Will Lee's first time playing major Division One college football. Um, Kobe Savage, and, and, and I thought Kobe looked a lot better versus UCF, um, but he's coming back from a pretty big knee injury. VJ Payne now kind of going back to his uh, original safety spot and they're moving Kobe around. And then Marquis Siegel was, you know, an FCS player last year. So again, I, I think as they mature, I think as they get more experience under their belt and continue to practice, I do believe by the end of the season, uh, the secondary is going to be a net positive, not a net negative for us. So I really just think it comes down to, okay, Playing more, practicing more, seeing more pictures, as the coaches like to say, more film room uh, stuff. I, I think it'll be all right. Jake Gordon asks, give us your top five power rankings for the Big 12 Conference right now. Uh, as, as shitty as it is, as much as it sucks to say, number one in a league all by themselves is uh, Texas. Don't think anyone is even close right now. That's not to say that they're going to run away with the Big 12 because, hey, you play uh, to win the game and you play games for a reason. But I think Texas is a very real college football playoff contender. I think that they are in a league of their own when comparing to uh, the current state of all the other Big 12 schools. And I think they are the carrot that everyone in the conference is chasing. I think they're number one. I think number two, probably Oklahoma. Again, uh, I mean, what Cincinnati was the best team that they that they've played so far, and I, I think Cincinnati just kind of is that they, they are who we thought they were. Um, they're going to be near the bottom of the Big Twelve. Pitt sucks, um, so it's like okay, um, we don't have to have any illusions of Cincinnati being good again. If they somehow find a way to be a bowl team, that would be great for Cincinnati. Um, so Oklahoma still hasn't been tested. Um, 
But I do think it is fair to put them kind of by themselves at number two. Now, when you get, now like beyond that, like okay, it, it, it's it, it's K State. I I think number three again. I I think K State um, probably has played the second toughest schedule in the Big Twelve right now. Um, when, when you look at okay, you know who uh, K State's played, who's K State beat, and how they've gone about those games. I I, I think it is fair even with that loss to put them at number three. Number four, I mean, again, as wild as it is, when you kind of take a step back and look at everything, I mean, I mean, is it KU? Is KU number four? I mean, I think KU's probably number four. I I, I think that's probably where I land uh, as having the Jayhawks at number four. And, I mean, look, at number five, I I don't know. I I, I truly don't know. I I mean, is it TCU? Is TCU number five? Is UCF number five? I I mean, maybe you make an argument for BYU, but I I mean, I I don't know. I don't think Arkansas is going to be any good. I mean, yeah, you went in there. You got got the road win um, versus an SEC team. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, K-State, KU, and I'm going to go TCU. I'm going to go TCU at five, and I'm going to go UCF at six, BYU at seven. That's kind of how I do the top half, and then after that, who fucking knows? I mean, West Virginia might be number eight. Um, It's not a great year for the Big 12. It's not a great year for the Big 12. Uh, and the calling card used to kind of be, all right, the middle and the bottom end of the Big 12 is better than any other conference in the country. Uh, I, I don't think that's true for the middle of the Big 12. I think the middle of the Big 12 is probably behind the middle of everyone except for the ACC. I'm not an ACC believer. I do think that the bottom of the bottom, I think Houston could go in and beat almost anyone else's bottom team. You know, I think Baylor could probably, in Oklahoma State, I could probably beat most bottom of the conference teams uh, in other conferences. I mean, hell, we saw Oklahoma State win on the road at Arizona State. So I think the bottom of the conference, if you're lining up, you know, top five versus top five, I don't think the Big 12 is in a great spot. I don't think middle five versus middle five, the Big 12 is in a great spot. Uh, but I do think the bottom five versus bottom five uh, would put the Big 12 in a better spot compared to some of the other. Uh, you know, conferences. So that's where I'd go. Uh, I think, like I said, I think my top seven would be Texas, Oklahoma, K-State, Kansas, TCU, UCF, BYU, and then West Virginia. So that's where I'm at. Shout out to Jake. Jake's a good guy. Honestly, all of them, all all the freaking, all the boneheads are awesome. I love you guys so much. I also love Manhattan Brewing Company and Charlie Hustle. Honestly, folks, the, the best thing people always ask, hey, what's the best way we could uh, support the show? Check out our great sponsors and let them know who sent you. All right. Uh, we've got a handful more, and uh, then we're going to call it a day. Uh, not as short as last week's, but, hey, we had some pretty big news to start us off. I'll, I'll try to keep us under 45 minutes, so let's get into it. At Blake Morris, shout out to my guy Blake. 
Are the Central Florida Golden Knights the most bark but no bite fan base when it comes to traveling? All we heard all week was how many UCF fans were going to be at the game, but they had less than a thousand people there. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably somewhere between six and seven hundred uh, UCF fans probably there. Um, look, I, I I think this is the case. I think UCF, like the Twitter UCF Twitter mafia, you know. Uh, and I mean that, I didn't mean that to sound as discouraging uh, as it probably sounded with that sarcastic tone. Um, but I think they're a close-knit community, and they're very online. They're very on Twitter. They live-tweet their entire movement, and they move in big packs. You know, I had a, I was like with a group of eight at the K-State-Missouri game, uh, but they're moving in groups of like 20 and 30, and I think like literally every UCF fan who came to the game had a Twitter presence. Uh, so it kind of creates the, and they move together. So it creates an illusion of, Oh, there's going to be so many, there's going to be a lot of them. Uh, and, and there wasn't. And I think they're also, again, they're coming from the American. They're used to going and playing in smaller stadiums uh, with nobody there. So like, Hey, 800 UCF fans like, Oh, Hey, like that sticks out. You know, you notice it. No, you're not going to notice that when it's 52,000 uh, raucous, you know, K-State fans. So, no, it, it wasn't going to make a dent. So, I, I think th- th- there's, like, illusions at play with UCF fans, which is fine. Like, look, that is a long, that's a long flight. And, and you know, I'm not bashing them. I, I just think that, hey, the, the, the way they carry themselves and how on Twitter this diehard group of UCF fans who travel, I, I think it kind of causes illusions a little bit because uh, they do travel in large packs, just not large numbers. All right, uh, Morgan, uh, why do you think we haven't seen much of Keegan Johnson? Is he just not getting open? Is he not fully healthy yet? He hasn't lived up to the hype. I agree, he has not lived up to the hype. He's been nowhere near the hype. Uh, you know, everyone was saying, hey, this is going to be a better version of Malik Knowles. No, he has not done anything to even come close to Malik Knowles' level yet. Um, I think health has been an issue. I think getting timing has been an issue. Um, I, I think all of that is at play. Um, hoping, you know, bye week gets us close to 100%, but we might just have to kind of be like, all right, the hype, you know, again, that we were part of. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, you know, point the fingers at other folks." No, I was hearing it too. You know, I I was far from the only one, but I was part of it, saying, "Hey, this guy is going to be the real deal. He's going to be a true number one wide receiver threat to pair with uh, Ben Sennett and what we got going on in the backfield." No, he has not lived up to it. I hope he does. I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm almost to the point where, like, all right, anything we get from Keegan Johnson is kind of just you know icing on the cake. Hope he proves me wrong. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, Brendan Martinez. Uh, what happened to special teams? You look, I, I, I think, I mean, look, I, I think, I think the idea of K state special teams has have fallen off the cliff ever since, uh, Sean Snyder left. No, that's not true at all. K state. I, you know, I think they had, depending on what special teams metrics you like to use, I think some had us, you know, as a top 25 special teams uh, last year. No, it, it has not been good this year, quite frankly, uh, in some of the games it has been bad. You know, we've given up big returns. We haven't had uh, very many big returns. Uh, you know, Bloomer, I think Bloomer's been fine punting, um, but some folks have had gripes there. 
Obviously, we have two missed field goals in the last two games and not not very great kickoffs and a, a, another missed extra point with Chris Tennant, uh, which sucks because, you know, I thought he looked really good in those first two games. Uh, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's concerning, but I'm not, I'm not melting down over it. You know, some folks are trying to say that the hold was bad on the shanked extra points and the missed field goal. I mean, I, I've not seen any video or pictures of it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not spazzing out about it, but, but it, you know, I I would like to see, I would like to see it get better for sure. Uh, fry guy asked, can Scott kick or can Chauncey? No, neither one of us can kick. And again, I said it, I said it in the show yesterday. I would like to open up that kicking competition. If anyone can push or push, excuse me, Chris Tennant, uh, I'd say go for it. Um, but we have to kind of wait and see. A uh, final one from Zach uh, with wide receiver issues. Uh, do we anticipate getting one from the portal in the offseason? Young depth is decent, but missing on Manning and Lane hurts having a number one potential up and comer. Uh, look, I don't. I mean, you, you got Trey Spivey, which was a big get. You got Jace Brown, which was a big get. Yeah, uh, Lane and Manning. I think we're higher rated, um, but I think you got two pretty damn good wide receivers um, that that we've already seen play. So I'm not worried about the young depth. I think it's finding a true number one wide receiver. I think if you can find that in the portal, you 100% go and get it because again, I'm starting to wonder. All right, you know, I mean, next year will be a whole different season. And now we're only four games into this season. Uh, Keegan Johnson could blow up and have a massive final 75% of the season. Again, we have 75% of the season plus postseason still to go. So he could still have a big season and he could still be that guy. But obviously, uh, if you if you see uh, Philip Brooks, you know, he's gone. Uh, if Jaden Jackson doesn't come back, if you have some transfers, look, you, you, if, the, if you have a scholarship, you know, allocate for wide receivers and, and you have an opening – Go out and find a number one wide receiver in the portal if you can get one. But, you know, everyone, everyone in college football is going to be looking for a number one wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, it's it's easier said than done. But that's all we have. Again, it, it was a fun Q&A. Uh, be on the lookout. Uh, trying to do – I'm going to try to do some creative and fun things on the show. Going to try to get a couple guests. We'll see if it comes through. We're not going to have a live show. No no live show this Wednesday. It will come back next week as we get ready for uh, the Oklahoma State game. So no live show this week. Um, but I'm going to try I'm going to try to do a couple things. I I have some plans. We'll see if they come through. Uh, we'll see if I have to scramble and do do some shows uh, because my creative uh, ideas end up falling through. But I'm going to try to do uh, some different stuff. Uh, so we're going to take a week off on the live show. And it will return next week. Uh, so that's all we have. Thank you to all the boneheads who asked questions. As Pat McAfee says on his show, be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. You never know. might make their day. For Chauncey, the best dog in the world. We love you guys. And go Cats. Hey.
Network.